it just seems to me to be so contradictory in that there's better technology available, but companies are still looking at a cost burden that's going up. Welcome to Actualizing Success. In this podcast series, our in-house advisors discuss today's finance and technology topics with an emphasis on solutions that embrace tomorrow. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in to Actualize Success. In, in this episode, I'm joined by Rick Hill, Vice President for Industry Technology from the Mortgage Bankers Association. And Rick and I have known each other a really long time. Um, we're veterans, go back way back in Freddie and Fannie, and have been working together um, lately, especially as it relates to MISMO. Um, and today, we're going to talk about our thoughts on technology and origination costs, as well as some other things. Um, we're going to go through why companies are so slow to move to a digital model, um, but we're also going to take a look at trends that are coming up over the next few years and why we believe that certain things will take place um, over that period. So, Rick, thank you for coming on our show and um, kick it over to you. Well, certainly, thanks for for having me this morning. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, chatting with you, and we'll 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 see where this conversation goes. Yeah, thanks. And you know, like I mentioned, we've been in the in the industry for a long time. I think if you added up both of our years of experience, we're about sixty years combined, and and we both have some gray hair. Rick's got a whole lot more hair than I have. But, uh, you know, that's what happens if you've been in the industry um, for so long. Um, the, the thing that, that fascinates me is there's more going on in the mortgage industry from a technology view than ever before. Um, and and that's, been, that's been driven by a lot of different things. Rick, what do you think um, has been the main drivers for change and the reason why so many tech providers are entering the market. So um, it's interesting hearing you talk about 60 years. (laughs) That really is a long time. Uh, You know, there are times I think when it it really does uh, seem like we're using the same technology um, as, as when I first started, I started, actually I was at Deloitte and Touche and audited my first, lender in 1988 so that that tells you uh, how long but but it does sometimes seem that that we're we're still using some of the same things um but you know when we talk about trends the whole move to uh to digital and to uh, mobile is is a pretty big pretty big deal um uh verification services is is another one that you know we can talk about a little bit uh you know, not many years ago, I remember talking to folks and, you know, we're talking about the trends with uh, mobile devices, with mobile phones. And there was this huge consensus, oh, we'll, we'll never do mortgages on phones. Um, and, and, you know, the, the answer is, yeah, that's true. Um, but but not if you, you know, think about changing the process. So folks were thinking, Oh, someone will key in information on a phone. Well, of course they aren't going to uh, key in all of their loan application on a phone, but you change the process, um, and, and I think that that's key things. You, you know, this whole focus on mobile 
mobile devices, I, I think really is important. Um, there's a Pew study that's out there that I've talked about a couple of times in the past that, that shows that mobile devices are uh, the only access point uh, to, to the internet for a large percentage of certain demographic uh, groups. And, and so if you're not really focused on mobile, you, you run a big risk of losing out on this uh, potential set of customers. Now, certainly as we get and, and have uh, more competition, you, you know, um, after such a, a great year in 2020 and early 21, uh, that, that's going to be important. Um, you know, the move to, to digital, you know, um, it, you know, that's all based on, or at least a big, big parts that are based on, um, you know, uh, some MISMO standards. Uh, remote online notarization is, is a big one. It, it's been out there a couple of years. Um, COVID really accelerated a desire for organizations to uh, utilize something like remote notary. Uh, right, that permits the social distancing and, and all of that. It has a lot of other um, uh, facets to it. Uh, but COVID really helped with, with that need. I think a lot of people don't realize we've talked about um, digital and we've talked about it from the e-note perspective and, and folks were saying, oh my God, are, are, are we ever going to you know, um, go digital throughout the process and are electronic notes ever going to uh, be a large percentage of our volume? Well, in, in 2020, we, we were and, and, and still are, we're, we're doing 50, uh, not we, me, but the, our industry, it's uh, 50,000 loans, 50,000 plus loans a month uh, that are e-notes. Um, so, so that's a that's a pretty good jump, considering it was perhaps in the several hundreds, uh, you know, just a couple of short years ago. Um, it, it, I would have expected, you know, perhaps even a higher numbers. But one of the things that we we were hearing, which was kind of a, an interesting thing. Um, with COVID was we want to do remote notary, we want to deploy some of these new technologies, but we're so busy with the volume, we don't have enough time um, or we don't have the, the people who can test out these new technologies. Uh, so it's kind of a kind of an interesting thing when you, you know, you think about some of the um, activities going on. Uh, but I really do see, um, you know, mobile, um, uh, digital r really continuing to uh uh, to uh, uh, increase their adoption across the industry. Yeah, you know, what's interesting to me too is when you look at a lot of what you talked about in terms of um, remote online notary and, and things of that nature and COVID, it really was the scenario or the situation forced lenders to do things a certain way, or if not, they weren't going to close the loans. And you know, we understand where, where that pain point is in relation to solving other things in the origination process. I mean, bottom line is, is you can't close the loan and can't do it successfully using um, digital or electronic techniques. You're not going to be around very long. But, you know, the, the piece that, that everybody I also hear all the time is the cost of origination is going up. And it just seems to me to be so contradictory in that there's better technology available, but companies are still looking at a cost burden that's going up. And so, you know, when I take a look at that and, and look at companies that I talk to, there's a handful of things that 
exists that really could be solved, I think. Um, the first is, is that folks really are not taking a step back and looking at their business processes. Um, they're not looking at them in relation to how they may be able to optimize what they do. Uh, for the most part, lenders are following the same structure and process that's been in existence for 30, 40, 50, even 100 years. And where some technologies have helped to automate pieces of it, um, the fact that things are done over and over again, um, duplicate work, reconciliation, just screams loudly um, to processes not being optimized. And of course, both you and I are cut from the data cloth. And, and what I see is that companies don't do a real good job of understanding what data are the, the golden copy, um, how to manage that data throughout the process. And, and because of that, um, folks that take information, be it data, documents, et cetera, into the next part of the process, the, the first knee jerk is, is, well, I need to make sure that it's that it's clean and correct. And, and so I think that when you take a look at other industries, maybe say um, the securities part of, of the mortgage life cycle or, or trading, um, the data are very accurate. Um, it's just very, very, very tricky to me um, to see how companies could move towards a more optimized approach, looking at data um, as, you know, as the, the valuable asset that it really is and understanding why they don't have to keep checking it all the time. And, and again, companies that, that outsource, that's one thing, but, but in a retail environment, especially when you're in control of most of the information, it seems like there's a there's an end in sight that way. And then the, the last thing that I wanted to bring up in relation to technology is I see companies who purchase a lot of technology, um, but I don't know that they understand the difference between investing in technology and buying technology. And so I'll give a, a real specific example. So where a company may buy a loan origination system, um, they may not think about it in terms of, well, how much other effort, technology, or business process do I need to spend to accommodate the fact that this tool may or may not integrate with other tools in the ecosystem? And so I think if companies would step back and where I see companies entering the market now, they, they actually are looking at potentially building more of the technology and integrating in a strategic manner, hopefully using Mismo, Rick. But, you know, I think there's, I think that companies have, have gotten into a model where they just keep adding more and more things and haven't taken a step back to look at their strategy on, on what's an investment in technology versus, versus just buying software. And so I was wondering, Rick, you know, you're you're talking to a lot of the CIOs across the industry, and and I know you've had um, forums for that in the past. What do you see in terms of some of these either fintech lenders or just 
lenders that are a little bit more savvy um, in terms of what they're doing, in terms of their technology, and why you think some of those models might be the better ones to take a look at. Yeah, you you talked, you know, some of the points you made are, are so, so important. You, you know, I think the key is your last one there, where you talked about it. Technology is a um, enhancer to a business process. And I think a lot of organizations historically, and I'm hearing about several lately, they fought new technologies, but they haven't changed their business process to take advantage of it. So that goes back to, I think, the first item you said, which is, well, if I bought technology, but I haven't changed my business process to take advantage of it, all I've done is increase my costs, right? I, uh, one of the ideas of the technology investment, not always, but, but one of it is, is it gives you um, different controls or a different way of doing things that can hopefully improve your business process, perhaps so that folks don't have to check and recheck work. Uh, but if folks are still rechecking the work, even if the technology um, is, is trying to help you with that, you, you know, you've, you've, you've just increased your cost with, without the savings. Um, but to your point, some lenders are a, are really rethinking um, a, a lot of that. They're, they're rethinking their workflow, uh, but they're also rethinking it from a consumer perspective. And that that's kind of real exciting. You know, we, we think about the mortgage process and, and how complex it is from a consumer's perspective. You know, contact, um, you know, potential lenders, you know, talk about rates, you know, let me provide information. Okay, we lost your, you know, your documents occasionally. Um, you know, this whole process that goes through, and, and in the meantime, often, right, someone is is um, buying a home. It's not just a refi, so they've got all this added stress of of buying a home as as part of this. And you know, I got the moving van out in front of the house and and things like this. And and so, you know, rethinking that that process from the consumer. We, we started several years ago with with a, a point of sale apps and and that you know that was advantageous right people um, the online loan applications and things were included there and 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 you know that that was really major you know for our industry you know it's table stakes today to to have a, a, a good point of sale um, but but you know it wasn't several years ago um, as we go you know through the whole thing, you know, folks look at it and say, okay, well, what are all the things that a consumer has to sign um, or, or view or, or whatever throughout the process? And, and rethinking that and saying, well, geez, um, if I can have them view certain of these documents, um, you know, perhaps some of them I can view on the phone, right? I can view and then e-sign a particular document. Um, you certainly then get your evidence that, you um, uh, someone has seen a document like the disclosures and, and things like that. So there were reasons we, we started going down this redesign path. But I think, you know, some lenders are, are really taking it very far and saying, how do I rethink this process? Um, can I can I look at the closing package and have a consumer review and sign some documents prior to the closing ceremony? which makes it a lot easier, gives them time to understand a document, gives them time to answer certain questions. Very consumer friendly, right? So that actually closing itself might be a very short event um, if, you, if you've designed it differently. 
you can put education and, and chat bots in, you know, all of that process to, um, to, to improve it. One of the areas that I think we still haven't quite taken advantage of, at least from an adoption perspective, like, you know, the technologies are there, uh, but the verification services, you know, verification of assets and employment and things, um, you know, today we ask the consumer for all of this information. You know, I've, I've had to upload tax returns, uh, things like that in, in my refinances in last year. And, um, you know, you think about it, well, geez, I'm going to go out and get that tax information anyhow, or I'm going to have to get the bank statement information anyhow. Why don't we transition this and say, hey, consumer, give me permission to go obtain this information. I'm going to have it. I'm going to get it electronically. Uh, geez, I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to have to ask you for a document you've already provided a few times to me. Um, and and, and that, those are real scenarios, right? The, the lost documents and having to ask a consumer. And I, again, my more recent refi just in December, I had somebody asking for documents that I had already provided. Um, so, so you know, a lot of that rethinking it, rethinking that workflow, designing it in the sense of, geez, it's not about us lending and, oh, oh borrower, you know, come to me. It's, hey, I'm competing for business. Let me redesign with this consumer in mind. And I think that's, that's a big, big change uh, to, to the process that we have. Yeah, Rick, I, I can't um, agree with you more on that. And it's just bizarre to me that the borrower hasn't taken as much um, of a role in the process. And I think that, you know, you can look at other industries um, and it's very, very borrower first um, or consumer first, I guess, really. Um, and you know, again, I think that I think that the companies that are understanding that um, are really going to have a lot of advantage on a go forward on a go forward basis. Um, the other part that I think folks most mostly don't understand is where the liquidity comes from. And so, when you look at um, a loan, for the most part, and there's some scenarios where folks. Um, put them in portfolio and leave them on their books. But for the most part, the loans all end up in some type of security structure. And the big money managers, the, the PIMCOs and the BlackRocks and Fidelities, they're always buying um, cash flow that are that are backed by mortgages. And, and they do so in enormous volumes. And so when you think about what they do and how frequently they're in the market, um, it makes a lot of sense as to, you know, how the how rate sheets work and so forth. But most folks that are that are on the front end of the business don't don't understand that paradigm. And so I think for where I sit, you know, we just talked about the borrowers being much more involved. And I know that the money managers um, and large cash flow buyers are very interested in specific cash flows. And I I think there's a big chance that um, over time we see private label come back a little bit. I, I do think that there's potentially some pressure that could be implied to aggregators in terms of of that. And and it's all due to technology. The, the more that you see data exchanges and loan exchange platforms come on the market, the more I think you're going to see that shrink. And I think where 
the, the big investors on one end have a lot of money. They can facilitate things through a path that may be, um, at the end of the day, more advantageous to the lenders um, than maybe the conventional wisdom um, of today would would lead you to believe. Um, and you know, and again, what are the implications of that? I don't know. Um, but it, it is interesting stuff to ponder. But at least from where I sit, there's there's going to be less friction. Um, there'll be less steps in the process. And and what we do know is it's always going to start with the consumer and end with the end investor. And so, Rick, you know, I just wondered if you had any any last or parting thoughts today and, um, you know, some things that you may want folks to understand um, about what you're doing and how they may be able to get involved. Yeah, thanks. Um you know, from an MBA perspective, there's so many of the things we're talking about, our conversations that we have uh, inside our residential technology forum. Uh, we, we've got our uh, new group, our, our, our vendor uh, uh, group uh, that uh, is, is also focusing on identifying issues that perhaps the vendor community is, is identifying out there. Um, you know, it's not everybody doesn't see the world the same. And so issues can come up uh, from from different angles. And so uh, we created this this new vendor technology group to provide an, another forum to uh, identify, you know, perspectives on things. Um, so so there's those a lot of the items we talked about, you know, and some some that we didn't things like artificial intelligence and um, uh, data privacy and protection. Those are all issues I think we're going to start facing more and more of as we go forward. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, for a number of years, we have focused on things like qualified mortgage or um, the disclosures or, you know, various things coming out as, as regulations that were, I'm going to just call them more mortgage centric or, you know, types of things. As we go forward, and technology starts to become um, a, a bigger and bigger part of things. You're, what you're, I think you're going to start to see is is more of these um, technology oriented or or technology involved uh, types of things that that we need to talk about. So AI. There's there's a, a request for information out from joint agencies on uh, the use of AI in in the mortgage industry. Um, you, you know, you think about um, uh, data protection and privacy and, and who can use what information for what purpose. Uh, I, I think, you know, you've got state perspectives and the state approach to some of those things. So when I, I look, you know, today and, and to the future, I think you're going to start to um, see more interest from legislators and regulators on technology-oriented things, uh, more so than we have seen in the past. And that's why I believe it's very important that folks who understand how folks might want to use these technologies or are using them, uh, you know, it could be business people as well as technologists, very important that those uh, individuals start to get more involved with MBA uh, because, you know, if we're not, right, then, then we're going to be reactive uh, to things that are coming up rather than being uh, proactive and working toward um, the ability to use these technologies in the appropriate ways um, with 
the right oversight, but but hopefully you know not not excessive oversight. Um, you, you know you want you want agencies to manage the risks that are there, and, and we all acknowledge that. Uh, but I think you know collaborating and understanding things is going to be very very important for everyone. Rick, that's a that's an awful lot of good advice and insight, and I really want to thank you for joining us today. Um, as always, a great conversation, and I'm sure that there'll be more uh, to come that way. Um, and for folks that are listening, I mean, obviously, Actualized Consulting offers a full suite of products and services in this space. Um, and we would love to talk to you. So um, with that said, it's time to sign off. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Actualizing Success. Make sure to visit us online at www.actualizedconsulting.com where you can explore our service offerings. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform. If you've enjoyed what we talked about today, please consider leaving a review and following us on LinkedIn. If you have any questions or would like to share your opinions with us, please send us a note at podcast at We look forward to hearing from you.